Welcome to Real Talk, a podcast about the ups and downs of life. My name is Zaki Sheikh. And my name is Akbar Hassan. Thank you for joining the conversation. Our guest today is a very special person. His name is Abbas Muhammad. He started cooking at the age of 14 while he was in Boy Scouts in 2013. He won nine pounds of ribs through a Halal Fest Facebook competition and decided to become a volunteer every year after that. He has taken on more responsibility to become a social media manager events coordinator and fast forward to today he's now the creative director of halal fest the first ever halal food festival in north america in addition to this he's also the founder and admin of the bay area halal foodies facebook group which by the way has grown to over ten thousand members that's that's a lot in grad school he taught cooking class and and also participated and went on to win the food science graduate students food championship that's a mouthful even though he wasn't studying food science. And all the other students who were studying food science or came from the restaurant industry were just upset. Finally, he has a YouTube channel that documents his foodie lifestyle. Many of you, many of you already know about this channel. If you don't, then you can go find him by searching Eat Like a Boss on YouTube. If you take a look at his Instagram, you can find a lot of his personal recipes and the highlights. Go ahead and give him a follow at Baby Shumps. That's that not baby shumps sorry that's old one go and give him a follow at baba.shumps that's b-a-b-a dot s-h-a-m-s-s two s's at the end and i think that's it i think i think that's it uh oh yeah he's also my older brother so without any further ado i'd like to welcome our own supreme foodie abbas muhammad how are you abbas Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so honored to be here and so privileged to be the first guest on the show. I've been a fan since day one and I just, uh, I, I'm very excited to be here. And we're, we're happy to have you here. Um, we, we, have a, we have an amazing outlook on food. We love food. Food is life. Um, we don't live to eat food. No, we eat to live food. We don't eat food to live. Sorry, I messed that up, man. Dang it. I definitely you know, eat to live food, yeah, 100%. Live eat. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Akbar was the one who was who wanted this topic. So, uh, you know, I'm going to give credit to him. And not only that, I'm going to pass it over to him. He has, he has the questions. He'll be asking you most of the questions today. So, Akbar, why don't you take it away from here? Salam. Welcome, Abbas Pai. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple questions regarding food because uh, I love food and I know that you're a foodie so when did your love for food start and when did you truly become a foodie I, I truly believe that, that being a foodie is a perspective it's a lifestyle it's the way you, you it's a lens through which you see the world and once you are a foodie you know you're just going to be thinking about food all the time and when you're a foodie, you, you expect, you know, a high standard in the foods that you cook yourself because you know food inside and out. As a foodie, you are like, I would say like an average consumer might taste something and say, oh, this tastes good or, or this tastes bad. But a foodie will taste something and be like, okay, yeah, the sauce is a little bit spicy. I'm getting some citrusiness, I'm getting some acidity. You know, it would be better if it was a little bit thicker. Um, you know, different things like that. Like a foodie is really sensitive to these things. So it's, you know, it's not about a skill that you need to build. It's about a lifestyle. It's about like, you know, is food more than just fuel, fuel for you? Um, and that being said, you know, I feel like I've always been a foodie my entire life, you know, and um, I think back to 
my childhood. Uh, as Zaki, our gracious host, mentioned uh, in my bio, I started cooking at fourteen. So I was in I was in Boy Scouts. When we moved to America, I joined the Boy Scouts and. We would go on these camping trips quite regularly. Maybe it was like once a month, or I'd go every other month. And um, the way it's set up is, you know, all the all the all the kids in the troop are sort of broken up into what's called patrols, and each patrol is in charge of sort of their own cooking and so on and so forth. So I very quickly realized that if I was to continue eating the food that other kids made for me, I would eat. Uh, let's just say not the best food on the camping trips, right? You got to keep in mind that, you know, everyone is under 18. And so these kids don't really know what they're doing. So, you know, I, I really wanted to have good food every time. So I sort of, uh, uh, took charge of that, you know, and I'd bring in ice cream, uh, with dry ice to keep it frozen and we'd make root beer floats, you know, stuff like that. Um, so we went from having a canned soup and mac and cheese from the box to having like chapli kebabs and stuff. Uh, it was really, really epic. I mean, I, I, I do want to backtrack and say that my journey as a foodie actually starts from before my birth. You see, my, my grandmother is a phenomenal, uh, cook, you know, and, and she lost her mother at a young age. May Allah have mercy on her soul. And, uh, and she had a lot of younger siblings. And so having that responsibility of basically taking care of your siblings from a very young age and having to cook for the family. And I mean, she's just got the magic in her hands. She's got so much magic in her hands. And her daughter, my pupo, who's in, uh, lives in London, she is so into food. She's written and published multiple cookbooks. Uh, she's taught classes. She's very, very accomplished. And I, so I grew up seeing her and her passion of food. And that also very much inspired me. Now, what's interesting is my, my mom didn't know how to cook when she got married. So as soon as she got married, uh, she started to learn everything. And she actually got to live with my grandma for six months after that, living with my aunt, um, you know, until I was about two years old. And during that whole time, she's learning from the best people. And she learned every kind of food. So growing up, we would eat Kenyan food. We would eat Punjabi food. We would eat American food. We would eat Arab food, like all sorts of food because she just knew how to cook it all. She was learning um, and cooking for us. So you can imagine then when I went into Boy Scouts and these guys are just making the same sort of box mac and cheese every time, like, nah, man, we can't live like that. You know what I'm saying? So I have to say that my journey as a foodie began with my mom and my grandmother and my aunt, truly. Um, and they're my biggest inspiration. So, you know, I'd say when I was uh, – the the reason why the passion started – I'm a very competitive person. So when I was 15 years old – this is such a funny story. When I was 15 years old, they decided to do a competition. And they said, like, each patrol will be cooking one meal with ingredients that you would be able to take on a camping trip with you. So it's like you have constraints. It's like, okay, the ingredients have to be something that you could easily transport from your home to camping and can be stored in, you know, a cooler and stuff. So it can't be too crazy, right? So, you know, I sat down with my mom. I said, what are we going to cook? And essentially, you know, I was like the leader of the patrol. And I decided on the menu, which was to have chapli kebab burgers with cream of mushroom soup. Now, cream of mushroom soup is easy. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's just you, you open the can and you heat it up. 
and they'd had burgers before, you know, sliced lettuce and tomato and all that stuff, but never before had any of them had chapli kebab. So I'm there, I'm I'm mixing up the keema, I'm like making up the patties, I'm sizzling up those those patties and the aromas fill the air and everyone's like, whoa, what's that? So needless to say, we won that competition and that was my first taste of victory. And that taste, from that taste, I was hooked. So it really started with my competitive side and then, you know, slowly sort of increased on that. Um, and, you know, of course, when you move out to college, you have to learn how to cook for yourself. And and uh, and then when I moved to grad school, that's when I really just poured my entire soul into cooking. And I would just spend days and weeks researching and reading recipes and I took a, a gastronomy class and I just got so into it as much as possible which culminated then in the food championships um, that was you know sort of before I ended grad school so anyways I don't want to belabor the point but it's it's just it's a lifetime journey it's a lifestyle you know being a foodie is you're either a foodie your whole life or you know you're not a real foodie, you know what I'm saying? I feel that. Absolutely. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, whole weekend. I was thinking about what you were saying. Oh, Zucky, do you want, do you want to you can go ahead? I was just saying that uh, this whole weekend I ate food all day, so I understand what he's saying. Just one weekend alone, I ate so much food. So that's... <laughs> Anyways, go on. <clears throat> yeah, well, I was going to say, I was just thinking about what you were saying, and um, like, I, I truly enjoy food myself, and... You're right. It's it becomes something you think about like constantly, like different types of food, um, like what you want to eat because it's truly an enjoyable thing. Uh, but also, I feel like cooking is really a way to like express yourself. It's kind of like an art in a way, um, in different ways, and where you can try try your own recipes, experiment, um, and you can truly make something which is amazing. Um, like I started cooking when I was younger as well. Uh, and this was just because I used to wake up earlier than my parents. So I would want to cook. I would want to, I'd have to cook for myself because nobody else would be awake. So I started with cooking uh, breakfast and I would try different recipes with uh, different smoothies, omelets. Um, and then I started moving to like other dishes like salmon and, and I would just experiment with stuff. And it was, it was really fun. Um, and I have to say like, this is true. Like it's shifted my way of looking at, food um and I, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing how, how like how important it can be uh once you start you know truly admiring it straight up uh so i think it's time for the next question then yeah uh do you have a favorite throwback uh food which brings back like memories and take takes you back to when you were a kid uh, yeah, actually, I want to share one that um, maybe not the most comforting memory. It's actually a very painful memory. It's a very traumatizing memory. You know, I, I wanted to put a little spin to this question. <sighs> Man, just even thinking about it right now, it's bringing up a lot of emotion. So there was a time where I was a lot younger and we were eating brindigost. You know, okra with meat. And um, there's an entire green chili in there that looked just like a bindi. 
And when I was eating it, the whole green chili came into my mouth and I chewed it and it was this explosion of spice. My tongue was on fire. My lips were on fire. I spat it out. I mean, I was a kid. I mean, I, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old. And, you know, I just, things are heating up and it's the pain and I start sweating. And since that day, like, I just couldn't, couldn't look at it again the same way. And I have to say, it's taken me many, many years to go back and be able to love that dish again. And to actually be able to make it on my own without having these sort of traumatizing experiences come back. But also since then, I have redeveloped my taste for spice as well. Um, now, I love spice. I mean, I think that the, there's a very fine line between pain and pleasure. And eating spicy food is right there on that border between the two. Um, you know... At this point, I'll have like a fresh habanero, eat little bites of habanero while I'm eating, you know what I'm saying? No problem. So yeah, that's that's definitely one food that I would say that brings back um, these sort of feelings and, 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 and memories. Um, but in regards to favorite throwback food, gosh, that's a tough question. I would say it's probably, it's probably going to be my mom's barbecue wings. I mean, I grew up eating that. I, I ate that from childhood. That's one of the recipes that stayed in my in my family that my mom makes again and again and again. It's something that we'll eat now. And I've just, I, as far back as I can remember in my life, I've been eating it. So, you know, shout out to moms for that one, Barbecue Wings. You can check out the recipe on my aunt's website, sabihaskitchen.com. Oh, I feel that. Oh, my God. Every time we have those barbecue wings. Oh, my God. Like there's never enough for everybody to have it. We always have like a specific amount we're allowed to eat. And the only time that someone would have unlimited is if it's if there's it's their birthday or something special happened. But every time it's like those wings, they're just rare to be around. And it's just amazing. Um, anyways. Uh, I, I guess we can go on to the next one then. I think this. I, I think I'm gonna like the response for this one. Akbar, why don't you take it yeah. away? Uh, do you prefer to cook for yourself, be cooked for, or cook for others? I would say all of the above, and it really depends on the setting. I mean, being a foodie and and being a cook are related, but but different things. Not all foodies can cook food. Um, in my eyes, you really can't criticize food until you're able to make something better yourself. Um, so often I have been, um, in situations where even I'm at, a, I'm at a restaurant, I'm eating something and, and the thought comes to my mind, like, you know what, I think I can make this better. And then I go home and I make it better. Um, I like cooking because Man, there's, there's so much into it. Like you could look at it from a psychological perspective. Cooking is my therapy. Cooking is a time where I can meditate on my thoughts and process my thoughts and emotions from the day. You can look at it from a spiritual perspective. When you're cooking and you're getting lost in the ingredients, for for that moment, you forget about yourself. You, for, you forget about the ego. You forget about the I, the nafs. And in that moment, it's just the ingredients and the heat 
and the knife and the stirring and the sounds and the frying and the coating. And that's all that exists. And you don't really exist in that moment. It's a, it's a moment of transcendence. From a social perspective, cooking for someone, I mean, for me, cooking food is my love language. And so if there's someone else whose love language is also food and I cook for them, I pour my love into that and I, and I give it to them and then they eat it and they eat it with love and appreciation. So it becomes a, a, a love. It becomes a social interaction it becomes so many things for for community for you know breaking bread with someone is is a way of bonding so there's that social the psychological the spiritual perspective you know but it, it goes it goes so much deeper than that even because cooking for you can be a gift to yourself and even if there's no one there to cook for you could cook for yourself um, cooking can be the foundation of a barter economy. You know, I'll make some bone broth and I'll trade it for some halal Italian sausage, for example. Um, you know, what else can cooking be? Cooking can be uh, with, you know, if you're cooking for other people, that's a way also of you saying like, hey, check this out. Like I put all this thought into it. I, I put a thought into what flavors you like. I try to really make this. And you know, when you really like love someone, when you have a close friend who comes and let's just say you cook for your close friend and they're eating and they're like, oh, wow, I really love this part of the dish. Or I really love how creamy this was. Or I really love – and you remember that. And the next time they come, you're going to make more of that. You're going to be sure to make their favorite dish. Um, you know, it's an expression of, 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 of that friendship as well. And – more than anything else, more than any other way of understanding a culture, cooking and food can be a means of, of truly understanding someone. Because when you eat someone's traditional food from their culture, you're not only just eating the food in front of you, but it's loaded because you're eating the food that they grew up on. You get to taste the lived experience of what it means to be them. So, you know, when you try my my mom's barbecue wings and you taste it, what you're tasting for the first time is the soundtrack of my life or not soundtrack, but like the flavor track of my life. Um, that is a lived experience of someone. Right. And so. You know, I always think I, I always think about, you know, I love to travel. I know both of you guys love to travel as well. I feel like I travel only for food. You know, I'll go to another country and I'll have a list of, you know, a lot of people have lists of places to see. I have a list of things that I'm going to eat, you know, and my trip is not complete until I've eaten them all. Um, we, you know, it just seems like food is so crucial and it's everybody's got to eat. Right. You know, um, so making food a central part of your plans with people, checking out new restaurants. I mean, cooking, cooking is everything. Food is everything. Food is in everything. So I don't have a preference. I love cooking for myself. I love being cooked for, especially if the cook knows what they're doing. Even if they don't, I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate the thought that goes into it because cooking is not easy, you know, and, and if someone's putting that effort, I appreciate it. But Cooking for others, I think. Okay, I lied. I do have a preference. I love cooking for others more than anything else. There you go. I'm <laughs> good to hear. Yeah, I definitely think food is just, it's a constant, um, especially in social atmospheres. Uh, it, it's always there. Yeah, food parties. You know, if you're going to get lunch with someone, you're going to, it's a good way to bond. Um, 
And I want to speak on, like, you said part of traveling, like your favorite part of traveling is going and eating the foods there. I was going to say, that's so true. Like, that's basically when you go do that, you're going and taking in parts of their culture as well. This, this like, like you said, it, um, it, it like, it gives a lot of information, basically, when you, when you're, when you're enjoying their food, you're, you're, you're joint, you're joining them on their culture. You know, you're seeing, you're seeing it. it it's a firsthand experience. And I, I feel like that's, that's really great. So tell us about Bay Area Halal Foodies and what it, what it exactly is. It's so funny that you should ask about Bay Area Halal Foodies. It's, I mean, it's a Facebook group. And uh, it's a Facebook group that is very, very active every day. Um, and it started, honestly, it started as a WhatsApp group chat. Um, and, you know, it started during Ramadan you know, people trying to figure out what's open for Sehri, you know, what time does this open, you know, what's going on. Because during Ramadan, some restaurants will be open very late for Sehri or they'll be open very early before Fajr. So, you know, that's kind of how it started in the WhatsApp, WhatsApp group chat grew kind of big. And um, uh, one issue that kept on happening in the group chat is everyone's like, oh, what do you recommend and blah, blah, blah. Even though like three days later, someone asked and everyone sort of gave their answers. So, you know, it, it just seemed like it was hard to have multiple conversations in one WhatsApp group chat. So we created a Facebook group, um, or I should say I created a Facebook group uh, called Beria Halal Foodies. And the reason why is on Facebook, you can make a post about something. You can post a question about it, and then people can answer directly as a thread, and then people can respond to comments as a thread. So, you know, I really wanted to have a platform where – you could have separate different conversations, but it didn't sound like everyone's talking over each other. And then also with Facebook, you can search the group chat. So it was very small in the beginning and it was just a few people. And, uh, you know, slowly after some time, it started to grow. And this time last year, it was actually, I want to say, a thousand members. Yeah, it was a thousand members actually exactly a year ago. Uh, and now we're at over 10,000 members. Um, so it's a Facebook group that is just all about trying to find out, like, what are the halal opportunities? What are the halal foods that we have um, sort of in the Bay Area? And uh, it's it's a way for people to get to know, you know, what the options are and what to get from there and ask for recommendations and so on and so forth. There's a lot of discussion about that so now every time a new restaurant opens up you know the group will will be quite you know filled with buzz uh, and and a lot of people are going to be like oh this is a new place you know we're going to go check it out you know uh, a lot of businesses i would say um through marketing in that group have gained a lot of success i mean it's 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 a, it's a really great ultimately it's a community and over anything and everything else i always sort of go back to the values that we build a group on, which is community and positivity and so on and so forth. And, you know, ultimately that's what, that's what food is. You know, we don't need negativity and drama in the food. Also, actually I should mention, you know, before, uh, before we go on to the next question, because of how many people we have and realizing how much potential we have in supporting, um, all the different restaurants. We created something called Halal Restaurant Week, which is something that I did in partnership with uh, Halal Fest. 
And basically what that was is we had special deals and special offers from all these different halal restaurants. And people were able to uh, to enjoy these offers for just a week. And not only that, but we made it in the news and we got a lot of news and press coverage. And that just really helps uh, halal and halal lifestyle and halal food get more and more accepted in the mainstream, which ultimately means we're going to have more options to eat. And... That's what I do it for. Yeah, that's so powerful, you know, uh, making a shift into like you're ch- basically just giving an opportunity to change uh, what halal food is and how, how it is like, um, you know, everywhere. So, you'll yeah, you can have more options and hopefully this will this will have more restaurants shifting towards that. Um, so how do you use food to create unity and bring people together? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, very similar to, so kind of like how I was saying with Halal Restaurant Week, right? Um, We can't have Halal Festival every year um, because of of COVID. We've had to cancel that. Um, And so, I mean, Halal Fest in itself is a great way of bringing people together because every year thousands of Muslims, and this is usually like a couple weeks after Eid, so everyone's in a celebratory mode. We'd get, you know, a few thousand people together and everyone's eating food and we had entertainment going on. I'm doing, you know, cooking demos I'm do- and a couple other chefs are doing cooking demos and we had like hot wing eating competitions. And just throughout the whole festival, there's a bunch of different halal food vendors. People are trying out things that they don't usually get to try, like halal brisket sandwiches. That's always a hit. I love, love, love halal brisket. Um, But, you know, we had to sort of cancel those festivities just because of COVID. So, you know, I was really trying to think, like, how can we how can we have that same vibe and sort of have these people gather by also being safe and healthy. And so, you know, people were posting throughout Halal Restaurant Week about all the restaurants that they went to. And we had a, a giveaway competition. You know, we, I gave away $2,000 worth of prizes. Uh, a lot of people were posting pics and reviews. A lot of people were excited about it. Um, and when we did a survey afterwards to ask everyone what they thought of it, you know, a lot of them said that this helped them um, bond with their family more. They're all, you know, it's like a game. It's like, oh, what, what are we going to try next? What are we going to go eat at next? And just knowing that you have this online community of Muslims in the Bay Area and everyone is sort of going to these places and getting the same deals, it really built a sense of community. And beyond that, it just sort of helped us forget about the pandemic for a moment and just bring a lot of brightness and joy into life all while also supporting all these mom and pop businesses who really need um, that support and who really need that financial support. So, you know, we were able to um, actually leverage our purchasing power and be able to actively financially empower the, the halal vendors. And they are really, I mean, they are the backbone for any foodie. They are the backbone of our foodie community. Without our restaurants, what do we have? Most people can't can't cook, you know what I'm saying? So, well, I should say with the pandemic, a lot more people have been getting into cooking. So it was very exciting to see. So that's what, you know, that's what community is. And honestly, when you sit with someone to eat, there's barakah to that. 
When you break bread with someone, there's barakah to that. And that barakah shows up as bounty in the community. So if you think about, you know, anytime there's an event at the mosque, anytime there's an event, any community, if there's any event and there's food involved and you're sitting down with other people and eating, there's going to be blessings there. Blessings on blessings. So anytime someone comes over to my house, even if they're not coming over for a meal, I'm like, sit down. Let's let's share even if it's a snack because there's blessings there. Um, so you can imagine doing this on a larger level, on a community level, especially with a community like the Muslim community who cares about halal and is actively engaged in seeking the pleasure of God by eating halal and avoiding things that are forbidden, like pork and alcohol and such things. Then... Imagine the, the blessings on that community. You know what I'm saying? And and so many times the food itself is a blessing. So while you're eating the blessing, the blessing's pouring down on you. Now, how blessed is that? You feel me? Bless up. <laughs> Hashtag bless up. <laughs> blessings on blessings. Too blessed to be stressed. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. That's amazing. Um, just... Food, it's so eat like everybody loves food. Everybody loves eating food. A lot of people love cooking food too. And like it's such an amazing and easy outlet for so many more things to blossom for, like blessings and community, unity among other Muslims. And even my non-Muslim friends, they were amazed about this halal restaurant week as well. They were like, whoa, this is crazy. Your, Your brother's He's like, what is he doing? This is amazing. And I just feel like food is like the way into anybody's heart. Um, yeah. Uh, we just have one more question. I don't I don't want to see you go, but uh, Akbar, why don't you go ahead with it? Yeah, I guess we got to tell it. So tell us about mm. your favorite dish that you cook and how you cook it. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know if I have a favorite, man. It's all based on the mood and the vibe, you know. Um, there's so many different things you can cook. I mean, if I'm in, like in a desi vibe, in a desi mood, then maybe I'll make some uh, charsi style dabakarai or something like that. Like, and and you know, like that. There's a lot of tomatoes in that recipe. But what I found is actually I like to cook it with cherry tomatoes. They're smaller, so it's a lot more work to, like, cut them up. But, my God, the flavor is just so – because they're so small and the flavor is so much more concentrated and it's a little bit on the sweet side. And you throw in some green chilies in there so it's sweet and it's spicy. And then right at the end when the karai is done and you toss some ginger on there and some cilantro, a little squeeze of lemon on top, a little bit of – citrus a little bit of sour just to brighten up the dish and oh my god if you've got that fresh homemade roti on the side bus body that's it game over and if you're not in a desi mood and you want to have some pasta instead i mean let me tell you once you make fresh pasta from scratch and you see how easy it is you'll never make boxed pasta again you know it's really you just make a little a mountain of flour 
and you make a little sort of crater at the top, kind of like it's a volcano. And in mm. the crater, you crack a couple of eggs, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of water, a little bit of salt, and then you just start whisking it in the middle. And then some of that, the flour goes into the crater and you start mixing it more and it becomes thicker and thicker. And then the flour goes into the crater. And just how my Italian grandmother used to make pasta from scratch, and, <laughs> you know, just mixing all of this. And then the, all the flour is in the middle and you're kneading it and you need it for like 10 minutes and you need to knead it. And you need to know that the flour needs you to knead it. And you just knead it and you knead it and it becomes this ball of dough. And then you just, you, you, you cut off a little piece and you flatten it. And you flatten it, you flatten it, you flatten it. And you flatten it and then you flatten it some more. And then when it's really flat, then you dust it a little bit of flour and you slice it up and you cut it up and boom, you got fresh pasta toss that in a little bit of hot water it doesn't even need that long just a couple of minutes and boom you take it out and it is the most naram the most garam it is the most tastiest pasta now what are you gonna toss it in you gotta make your pasta sauce make it from scratch put some demi-gloss in there put some bone broth in there get some heirloom tomatoes roast the heirloom tomatoes get some anaheim peppers roast the anaheim peppers you're putting garlic in there roast it roast all these different things get a little smokiness to it toss it all together and you have a bellissimo pasta sauce it's just a wonderful marinara you toss that in with your pasta a little parmigiano reggiano on top you know maybe get a little black truffle shave that on top but you know what what if you're not into pasta what if you're camping and you just want a one pot dish that's super easy to make i would say make chili and it's so easy to make chili you know, all you got to do in the in a giant pot is a little bit of oil and a little bit of garlic and some onions, some bell peppers, throw in a habanero, you know, the spice things up in there, a little bit of tomato paste to really get that flavor, you know, cook all that up. And then, of course, you're going to add your beans and add your meat. I love using grass fed, halal, free range beef keema up in there. You know, get that get that meat to brown a little bit. Throw in the beans, the bone broth, the water a little bit, and then just, you know what? Just let it simmer. Put a lid on it. Come back in an hour. Come back in two hours. That's a beautiful thing about it. And when it's ready, guess what? You've been making cornbread on the side. Get some cornbread mixed. Throw it into a cast iron skillet. Just like, ooh, that crispiness from the cast iron skillet is fantastic. So you bring a bowl. You're like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. You bring a bowl. You put that cornbread in there and you throw some chili on top, a little bit of sour cream, some cheese. Watch that cheese melt onto the chili. Oh, and you got to throw some green onions on top. That's it. I mean, that is a hearty meal. And so there is no favorite food that I like to cook. In fact, Food is my favorite thing to cook, and it's just all about the mood and the vibe. And you know, if that's your last question, I have to ask you a question What are you in the mood to eat? Um, all of what you just said, and um, a lot more. <laughs> my mouth's watering at this point. What are your favorite dishes, both of you? Honestly, uh, so like. I love Italian food. My, my favorite, like, comfy dish I like to make is uh, bolognese, beef bolognese. And it's, it's just so good. Like, on a, on a cold day, um, I'll, go, I'll go to the store. I'll grab some uh, chopped onions, celery, carrots, some whole beef, black pepper, and you throw some whole, mil- whole milk in there, whole nutmeg, um, canned tomatoes. 
um, a lot of Parmesan, and I like to put I like to put some like rosemary in there, um, and I just cook that for a while, and it's so good. Oh my god, yeah, that's mm. my favorite food. Zeki, that how about that you? sounds amazing. Uh, well, you know, living with this guy, I, there's so many foods to choose from. Oh my god, there's the barbecue wings. Um, he makes a great steak as well. Um, literally, he makes a great breakfast, lunch, dinner. Honestly, I, I would hire him as a private chef if I, if it was possible. You know, um, I don't even know what my favorite food is. I think for me, anything that has meat, anything that has meat. If you have meat, if it's a burger with meat, I'm good. If it's steak, I'm good. Anything that has meat, that's my favorite. Food is my favorite. Like he said, he food is his favorite thing to cook. Food is my favorite thing to eat. So literally. Anything that has meat is my favorite. <laughs> That's interesting. So you never go vegetarian, huh, Zeki? Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I'm curious to see. I would just like to see how long you'd be able to last as a vegetarian. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we can get enough people to like. F- who are, maybe, maybe we can get enough people who are listening to actually text. How about this? If ten people text Zucky, I challenge you to be a vegetarian for a week. Zucky has to do it. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Hey, I'm throwing down that gauntlet right now. Ten people. Ten of you listeners. Tag Zucky. I dare you to be vegetarian for a week. And we're gonna I wanna see how that goes. Alright, alright, we'll we'll see about that. Hey um, yeah. Akbar, are you down accepted. too? Dude, I'm, I'm gonna text him right now. Go vegetarian. <laughs> I'm gonna text him too, so we just need that eight more people. Count. You guys you guys are in this podcast. That does not We just count, need eight right? more it's people. You got two viewers. down already. <laughs> it's only for the viewers. Come on, man. Uh, I accepted the challenge. Um, I'll do it. I'll do it. If 10 people text, I will definitely do it. I'll take that. I'll take it. Um, uh, I'm excited to see me. that. <laughs> yeah. Just, they, they both just text me. There you go. Uh, eight eight more left. Um, okay, but... With that last question, you brought up three different foods for three different kind of scenarios. Scenarios. I like saying scenarios like that. Um, anyways, but taking with the whole idea of the what you just said, the all these questions, they all tied back to this sense of community and cooking for others and bringing others together. So Absolutely. if you chose one food, which food would that be? Um, as in, like, which kind of favorite dish would it be that kind of you saw that brought everybody together, whether it's family, friends, um, Bay Area, Halal Foodies, like which one dish, which one cuisine brought people together and and why? Why do you think that is? I mean, uh, 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 no, I can't answer that question. There is no one, just one dish because, you know, like I said, it's a vibe, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. for me, for example, let's say the vibe is a home-cooked meal, you have your friends over, I think chili is a perfect example for this, and I'll explain why in a little bit, but also like a soup or a stew. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because you have one pot, and in this pot, you're adding all the different ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, you know, you add just the garlic and the onion, and the garlic and the onion just get to know each other a little bit in that oil. Things start to warm up. They release their flavor. You know, garlic is at first kind of shy and doesn't want to, like, let off its flavor to anything else. But, you know, it slowly warms up to the idea in that pot. And it releases its flavor into the oil. 
and the oil that sort of carries over to everything else picks up flavor. Then you add some whole cumin and the, the cumin is heating up and popping. It's getting to know everything else. And, you know, these kinds of dishes that you keep adding different ingredients and you add and you add and you add and ultimately they get to know each other. And then you just, you just, and then it's perfect. All it needs is time and you put a lid on it and you let it simmer, whether it's a soup or a stew or like congee or, you know, any sort of thing that you just, you keep adding stuff to it and then you just wait. And then at the perfect moment, you unleash and you eat it and it has all the flavors. So mm. imagine this as a metaphor for your house. Imagine yeah. this giant pot is a metaphor for your house and the first guests arrive and they're hanging out and they're getting to know each other and it's an intimate gathering, maybe just two or three people. And then the next guest arrive and the next, and each guest brings their own flavor. And as more guests arrive, there's so many more flavors and things are heating up and there's conversation and there's celebration. Someone is spicing things up on one side. Then someone's like, hey, who invited the beans to the party? Like, come on in. You know, someone's starting beef in the corner, but whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Everyone is in there. And then once everyone in the party is there, you close the door and you start playing party games. You're just doing different things. And everyone's just getting to know each other. And then you get to a point in the party where everyone is on the same frequency, the same wavelength. And usually at the party, that's when you serve the food. Mm. And so you see this beautiful metaphor between the pot of food and your home. And so mm -hmm. that's that. I mean, I would say that's one example of the vibe is home cooked. And there's so many other different vibes. And with each vibe, there's a different food, there's a different dish. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that that was phrased beautifully. That metaphor, I like that metaphor a lot. I don't know if I want to have a party now or have all those ingredients, maybe both. <laughs> um, but I I think that was great. I'm, I'm literally speechless. Um, but um, I think this is a great this is a great episode to start off these guest kind of episodes to go off of because now thinking forward, everybody's going to be bringing their own ingredients to the podcast. Like you, you brought different food. Flavors. Next person could bring mm. different flavors. Right. And so I feel like a lot of the viewers are going to be thinking like not viewers, sorry, listeners are going to be thinking like this as well. Now, you know, pod, this podcast is kind of like our home now and everybody who listens to it, everybody who speaks in it, they kind of bring in their own zest of life, mm -hmm. their own spice, their own beef. Right. Um, I say the I podcast think, is like a yeah. podcast, huh? <laughs> oh, hey, you got us there. <laughs> but um, I just want to thank you for coming here today and just like being with us because my pleasure. The the way that you brought food, um, the way that you're thinking about food, the way that you're talking about food, um, I just feel like it's it's just amazing. It's just thank you, supernova of possibilities. Okay, I'm inspired. <laughs> inspired and hungry to, to try new things now let's get it you know what just because you like italian cooking so much check out my instagram the highlights i have different recipes and in the highlights you'll be able to find um sort of this instagram story of me making fresh pasta mm. so Amazing. if you're feeling inspired check that out yeah, yeah check out the noodles let's see if you can make some fresh pasta 
Akbar is always, we're always talking about it. And like, he's always asking, what, what is, what is the boss up to? He's like, he's always asking, what food did he make? How was the food? Like, can I come over? I'm like, dude, it's amazing. Uh, you can't come over because I kind of finished it all. It was that good. <laughs> but he's always talking about the food. He's like, damn, this man, so much respect for this dude right there. Um, and I, I think, I think you might be the favorite of all the siblings amongst my friends. You know, don't tell anyone else. I don't know if the other siblings will even listen to this, <laughs> but if they do, shh, let's keep that a little secret. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, definitely check out his Instagram handle at Baba Shump, Baba dot Shumps. So B A B A dot S H A M S S. Um, again, Abbas, I want to thank you for being here again. A great initial a guest speaker. It's going to set the set a precedent for any other episodes with guest speakers and it's just amazing um thank you for being in this podcast being the first ingredient wow podcast. the podcast i'm i'm podcast. so i'm so honored i'm so honored you guys are doing an awesome thing here like real talk i've been a fan from episode one and you know i'm just i'm very excited to see the spice that you boys are bringing to this podcast and uh you know i'll be an avid listener mm, thank you we thank you so much it. thanks for Thanks for joining us this week on Real Talk. If you want us to talk about a specific topic, don't be shy. Slide into our DMs. Our Instagram is realtalk.now. And be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.